If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me uh, to Matthew chapter 3. That's where we're going to start this morning. Uh, I just want to say it's, a, it's an honor, it's a blessing to be able to speak to you guys, to preach to you guys. This is my first big church preaching excursion here at Freedom, and I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. Is anybody excited? Yeah? Nice. See, that's the energy I'm used to. I like that. Let's keep that going. So uh, we're just going to dive in. Y'all ready? Matthew 3, uh, verses 13 through 17. Let's see what it says. It says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So, um, how many of you guys have been to a baptism? Ever seen baptism before? Maybe some of you have, a lot of you probably have been baptized. Maybe you've been baptized here at Freedom, or you've been to a baptism here at Freedom. Uh, maybe you've only heard of baptism, and to you it sounds kind of like drowning somebody temporarily. It's kind of sketchy sounding. Or maybe you're like, I kind of like the idea of baptism. I can be baptized and skip a shower, right? And I can just get up and go and make a trip to Starbucks before I get to work. Uh, today, I want us to talk about what's happening at baptism. Why do we do baptism here as free, at Freedom? Why, as believers, do we take part in baptism? Why is it important to us? So like I said, we're, we're, uh, we're Baptists here at Freedom, right, uh, which can mean a lot of things. A lot of times it means that our, belts, our belt buckles are, you know, a few notches bigger than most people, right? Because we have the spiritual gift of uh, cooking and fellowshipping, which means that we, are, we love hanging out with each other and we love to eat delicious food when we do that, right? And can I get an amen on that to anybody? I love, I, listen, I, mean, I went and got dinner for me and my wife yesterday at Chick-fil-A and I got a milkshake a cookies and cream milkshake, and I was just like, gosh, I've been trying to run and stuff and be healthy, and cookies and cream milkshake is just like, what's the point of all that when this thing exists? <laughs> so, 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 like I said, we're Baptists, but, and the, one of the main reasons that we identify ourselves as Baptists is that we practice baptism uh, the same way that John the Baptist did in the passage that we just read, which is by full submersion underwater. So, dunking down and bringing back up. Uh, now, that act by itself is, is a very random act for a group of people to gather together and to take part in, like we're going to do next Sunday. We'll talk about that. But we're going to gather together to take part in baptism. So if you're driving by our offices next Sunday and you see us out there with a pool and we're like taking people and dunking them underwater, if you don't know what that's about, that's a really weird thing to see r- driving down the road. Like I said, you might be like, they're drowning people out there. So um, if you've always gone to baptism, if you've been baptized and you don't really have ever, if you've never really completely understood what it is, why we do it, what's going on, you're in luck because that's what we're talking about today. We're going to look at why it's important to us to be baptized and why we celebrate that at Freedom. But first, I just want to pray really quick and uh, then we'll, we'll keep going. All right, so let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this place that we get to gather in and we get to study your word. We get to sing songs that are just praising your name, praising your goodness, 
uplifting your love for us and what you've done in our lives. And I just pray that you would continue to work, that you would continue to be glorified in this place as I speak. And I just pray that you would speak through me, that you would teach us all something in this place today. And that if, if there's life change, if there's hearts that need to be broken so that you can build them back up in this place, that you would do that. So uh, we don't mind a little pain if it's going to help us get stronger and fall more in love with you. And I just pray that if that's what needs to happen in this place, that that's what happens. So uh, it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. So in the passage that we just read, right, we have Jesus traveling to John the Baptist for the specific purpose of being baptized by him. Right? John's like, yeah, right. If, if anybody's going to be doing the, baptiz- the baptizing around here, it's going to be you. You need to baptize me. I don't need to baptize you. But Jesus reassures him, and he's like, you heard me right. You're going to baptize me, and it's going to be great. That's what, that's what needs to happen here. That makes me think about um, when I was younger, back in the day, when I was normal size, and uh, me and my dad would be making something, usually a skateboard ramp, right, for me to get hurt on but enjoy all the, all the more. Uh, and he would be cutting wood, two-by-fours, plywood, whatever it is, and he'd turn around, and he'd, he'd, he'd be like, here you go, you make some cuts. And I was always just like, okay, or I, more so I was like, nah, you're doing a great job. You just keep cutting it, and you know, you do a great job. He wanted to teach me how to cut, so he, he had a purpose for, for, for wanting me to step in and to, to take over in that act. And Jesus, uh, just like Jesus had a purpose for John to baptize him. So, um, just a little background. John the Baptist was preaching about Jesus' coming, right? He was preaching about Jesus' coming, and, and he was telling everyone in the area, anybody that would listen, that they needed to repent of their sins, turn from their old way of life, and to be baptized as an expression of their faith in God. So that's why John the Baptist is where he is. The reason that Jesus goes to him specifically to be baptized uh, is first to fulfill John's preaching, right? We said John was preaching that Jesus was coming, and so Jesus came. But uh, Jesus also came to John to be baptized to mark the beginning of his intentional ministry by making a statement about God. And since Jesus is God, it's like he's making a statement about himself, right? So I'm going to go ahead. Anybody in here note-takers? couple, one, two, okay, some of you guys need to become note takers today, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and give away my main point, now that doesn't mean that you get to go to sleep, just I have a pocket full of nickels and I will throw them at you if I see you sleeping, that's not true, but that might be effective, we might just start doing that, but so this is our main point for today, uh, the reason that we take part in baptism is that it's an outward expression of an inward reality. It's an outward expression of an inward reality. Now, the act of baptism doesn't save you, right? It's not uh, a requirement for salvation. uh, So so if you ask Jesus into your heart and you're saved, and then you're going to be baptized and you're climbing into the pool, the baptismal pool, and you slip and you hit your head, but and then somehow spontaneously combust, you're not going to get to heaven and and God's going to be like, ooh, you're so close. You're so close. (laughs) Literally, like, you fell into the water, but, you know, you were gone by that point. You had already combusted. So the act of baptism does does not save you. It's only a representation of our salvation. But I think that when when we fully understand what it is that baptism is representing, then it's going to create in us, it's going to stir in us 
uh, a deeper love for Jesus and what He's done in us and through us. And so I think it's important for us to understand what, bapti- what baptism is and why we do it. So it's an outward expression of an inward reality. When Jesus was baptized, the clouds opened up, the Spirit of God descends on Him like a dove, and then we hear the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. So for Jesus, His baptism was about an outward expression of the inward reality that He was and is fully God. Right? So um, we see God the Father refer to Jesus as His Son, and we see the Spirit of God descend. So if you're paying attention, that's a, that's a glimpse at the Trinity, which is just kind of a side note, and it's really cool. But you know, you see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descending. So after Jesus is baptized, right, um, He goes on to travel for about three years, uh, ministering, working miracles, healing people, and preaching about the coming kingdom of God. And then He offers, offers Himself freely on the cross to save us from our sin through his sacrificial death and his miraculous resurrection. That's, that's a very short and small summary of all that happens in, his, in those three years, but, but uh, that's not the focus of the day. So when we take part in baptism, that leads to when, how we take part. When we take part in baptism, it's about our outward expression of the inward reality that we have personally been saved by Jesus and that we have uh, that we have taken part in his death and his resurrection. So uh, next verse of scripture we're going to be looking at, and we're going to stay here for a second. So if you want to turn to Romans 6, we're going to be looking at a nice little passage. We're going to break it down. We're going to start with Romans 6, 3 through 4, and it says this. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. I love that. Walk in newness of life. So we're going to slow down. I just went over a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to break all that down. We're going we're to take the passages we looked at and, and the next couple passages and break those down one by one. But before we do that, I want to make sure that we are all on the same page as to what an outward expression is. Right? So guys... have. Raise your hand if you've ever like bought flowers for your wife or some of my students for your girlfriend, right? Um, buying flowers for your wife or your girlfriend is an outward expression of the love that you have, right? It's a symbol of the love that you have for them. Or it might mean that you're in trouble and you're trying to get back on their good side. Um, in baptism, the outward expression is us getting into a pool of water and being submerged, being brought below the surface of the water and back up. It's a physical action that we do to show God and to show others that we've been saved by Jesus. Nice, short and simple. Baptism is our proclamation that we have been transformed by Jesus. So baptism is our proclamation that we have been transformed by Jesus. Baptism's all about Jesus. What he's done for us and in us. And like Romans tells us in this passage, it's specifically about us symbolically taking part in his death and his resurrection and being completely transformed by that. And that's kind of a weird thing to hear. How do we take part? Like, what does it mean to take part in his death? What does it mean to take part in his resurrection? That's a weird thing to hear. And why is it important to show that in baptism? So we're going to keep reading. Romans 6, 5 through 7 says this. 
For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. I love the phrasing there, the, the, especially those word, that word united. That if we are united with Jesus in a death like His, then we will be united with Jesus in a resurrection like His. It's beautiful to me. The death part, you know, that might make us a little nervous, but the resurrection part gets us excited, right? So uh, the death that's being re- referred to there is not necessarily a physical death. It's more, uh, what it's talking about is us turning away from sin or, or putting to death the sinful way that we used to live before we came to know Christ. It's literally saying death to the lifestyle that, that doesn't look to God for salvation, that, that doesn't look to God for wisdom, that doesn't look to God for sustaining love and joy and peace in our life, but it ultimately looks to ourselves. We ultimately, ultimately kind of make ourselves into these pitiful, like really like not good at the job, but we try and make ourselves a God that, that provides those things for ourselves. Does that make sense? We try and provide those things for ourselves, and what we end up doing is we will do anything that we need to. doesn't matter what we have to do, you know, good or bad, or who we have to hurt to get it. We'll, we'll try and, we'll, we'll, you know, kill and steal to do it. So no, so no matter what we have to do or who we have to work, hurt, we're saying death to that way of life. So verse 6 says that, that that old self, that old way of living, gets brought to nothingness so that we no longer have to be slaves to our sin because we've been set free from sin by Jesus' death on the cross. So in our baptism, we're making a statement loud and clear that because of Jesus saving us, uh, our old way of life has been put to death. Our old self, the old way that we walk, the things we used to do, we are, we are putting them to death. Baptism is our proclamation that we have turned our back on our sinful way of living. Jesus has freed us from the slavery that sin has over us, and that era in our lives is now over, and we are made new. We walk in newness of life, like it talks about in that passage. So uh, in baptism, in that outward expression, this is uh, represented symbolically by us being lowered uh, and, and submerged underwater, the death of Christ and the burial of Christ, and then the resurrection as we're bring, being brought up. That's symbolically what's being shown during baptism. So uh, just because this old way of life is put to death doesn't mean that, that we won't struggle with sin. It doesn't mean that, that if we sin once from that point on, then, we, then it's all for nothing. It's, it's null and void, and we have to start all over. We're still going to struggle with sin. We're still going to give in to temptation. We're going to struggle with those things for the rest of our lives. But because Jesus has destroyed the power that that sin, those sins, those struggles, the temptation had over us, we get to pick ourselves up back off because of Jesus. We get to dust ourselves off because of Jesus. We get to keep striving towards the goal of becoming like Jesus. So that's how we relate to Jesus' death in baptism. So we're going we're gonna to go and see how we relate to Jesus' uh, resurrection and baptism. Romans 6, 8 through 10 says this, Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. 
We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So if we have died with Christ, right, then we have to live with Christ. If we turn from sin and then don't follow Christ, we're not going to last very long. We're going to immediately slip back to that old way of living, that selfishness, the sinful way of living. It helps me, um, when, when I think about that change that happens in us, it, it helps me um, not to think of it as a two-step process. So instead of it being step one, you turn from your old way of life, and then step two, you follow Jesus, I think it's just one step. And, uh, we have step one, we are saved by Jesus, and because of that, we turn from our wicked way of life, and we follow Jesus. We live in Jesus. So in addition to uh, turning, turning our back on our sinful way of living, baptism is our proclamation that the life we now live, we live for God. So it's the proclamation that the life we now live, we live for God. Now, in this statement, there's so much that we could talk about. There's so many implications for what that means uh, and how that changes the way we look at everything. It changes how we react to everything, how we love and how we understand God, how we love and serve other people, how we give to the church, how we give to others, how we give to God our time, our, our, our thoughts, our processes, everything. It changes everything. And I think the simplest way for us to wrap our brains around it is to focus on that word life that it uses in that verse. In the verses we read, it, it makes it clear that it's our entire life that we now live for God. Not just Sunday mornings, right? Not just the opportunities that we might give you guys to, to be missional in our community. Not just those times. Not just the 15 minutes that you might read your Bible in the morning if you decide not to get Starbucks on the way to work. Right? It's not just those times that we give to God. It's our entire life. I have a friend, um, I think a lot of you guys know him, but his, his name's not important. I have a friend, one of my best friends, um, he was in my wedding, he loves Jesus, like, ferociously, I love it, um, but he lives in Charleston, and he doesn't live in Charleston with me, so I have to question his motives on that, because I love Charleston, and the fact that he wouldn't be like, Ben, I'm living in Charleston, come live with me, I'm just kind of like, that's kind of messed up, you know, but anyway, so he lives in Charleston, and in Charleston, he's actually a police officer. Right? So uh, before he became a police officer, if he saw somebody in trouble or somebody in need, he would help that person because he's an awesome guy and he loves Jesus. But he wasn't really scouring the streets looking for uh, guys who are stealing old ladies' purses. So, the, so um, after he became a police officer, after he took that oath that all police officers take to protect and serve, uh, his mindset got changed. Right? His, his outlook and how he viewed things changed. Now he patrols rough areas. Like he goes into rough areas and patrols them, making sure everything's safe, everything's quiet. And he, and he looks for people who are being wronged or people who are doing wrong. And when his shift gets done, right, when he parks his patrol car, he puts his stuff in his locker, and he's done with work, he's on his way home, guess what? He doesn't just turn his brain off to injustice, right? 
If he sees people being wronged or people doing wrong, it's still his job to engage that. So he doesn't stop being a policeman when he takes his uniform off. He's still a policeman whose goal it is to keep the peace even when he's wearing his Tommy Bahama shirt and cruising Charleston in his Crocs. You know? He might have to chase somebody down in some Crocs. I don't know if that would work well, but it might. I'm not going to try it. Uh, the same change happens in us when we are transformed by Jesus. And I'm not using that word transformed lightly. When we are saved by the grace of God, the change that happens in us is like night and day. It's literally, we're going from darkness to light. And that change is permanent. Right? And, and it should show itself you know, inwardly, but also outwardly, like we've been talking about, outward expressions. It should show, us, show itself in every moment of our day, in every aspect of our life. It's not something that we switch on on Sunday mornings and turn off when it's time to take a nap. It's something that we live. It's a lifestyle. It's a life change. The life we now live, we live entirely for God. Uh, this is kind of a sub-point, but the entirety of the life we now live, we live entirely for God. So we should consider ourselves alive in God and alive for God. And baptism is our public announcement to our church, to our family, to our friends, and even the people who are there we don't know, that, who are watching, that we've been transformed. And that transformation has happened in us and, and that we are going to live differently by living for God. It's our outward expression of that inward reality, of that inward change that's taken place in us. It's our exclamation that Jesus has saved us and has changed our lives forever. It's a statement that we get to make that is rooted in the saving work of Jesus and what he's done in our lives. So it's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's about what he's done in our life. It's about us not being able to help but just shout that out to the world, shout that out to our friends, our family, that we have been changed, and, and the old way of life that we walked in is dead, and I walk now, I live for God, I am alive in God. He is my focus, He is my goal, and He's changed everything about me. So uh, I want to leave you uh, with, with two options, two responses. These two responses are, are how you can take part in baptism at Freedom, right? And when I thought about it, I think it, 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 it works perfectly if you think about it like a, a birthday, right? There's no gifts, you know, if you're going to be baptized, and don't be upset that I don't bring you a Ninja Turtles action figure. But um, it's no, there's no gifts, but it is celebrating the new life of a believer. You know, that that old life, the old way of life is put to death, and there's new, they walk in newness of life. So um, think about it like a birthday party. When you go to a birthday party, you either, you either go in one of two ways. Number one, you go and you're celebrating someone's birthday party. Right? You're celebrating someone's birthday. Or number two, it's your birthday. Right? So next Sunday afternoon at 5 at the, at the Freedom offices, we're having a party. It's not a birthday party, and we're not celebrating someone's birthday. We're celebrating baptism. We're celebrating life change. And we want everybody in this room there. We want your family members there. We want the people that you see when you go to work tomorrow there. We want anybody there and everybody there who, who we can get there. But we want you there, and we would love for you to be there as a believer who has already been baptized and has made that statement and is there to celebrate what Jesus has done in the lives of others who are being baptized. Or we would love for you to be there 
as a new believer being baptized for the first time, making that statement that God has changed me and the life that I live, I now live for God. Or maybe the situation is a little different and you were saved a while ago. You were saved years ago and you never have had the opportunity to be baptized. That's game, man. Bring it on. We want to, be, we want to baptize you too. That's fair game. Or maybe if you have uh, uh, gotten it out of order a little bit, maybe it wasn't you, but it's a little bit out of order. You were baptized at a young age. Maybe you grew up in church. You were baptized at a very young age. But you don't attribute your salvation till later on in your life. And since you've been saved, since you've been transformed, since that transformation's taken place, you haven't been baptized since. And so you want to be baptized uh, after that. So basically, if you have had your life transformed by Jesus and you haven't been able to take part in baptism uh, and you want to make that statement public, we would love to have the honor of baptizing you and doing that and celebrating that with you next Sunday. It can happen next Sunday. It doesn't have to wait. But before you get in the pool, right, before you start showing that your life has been changed, your life has to be changed. Right? Uh, if you, if you uh, aren't a believer, then first that life change needs to take place. And Jesus wants to do that in this place this morning. And he can do that in this place this morning. So what I want us to do is the band's going to come up. We're going to play another song. Um, during this time, it's a response time. This, this area up front is going to be open. If you want to come and pray, just thanking God for, for the life change that he has made. Right, just thanking Him for what He's done in your life and how you've put to death that old way of life and you're now walking with Him. Or maybe you need to pray and ask Him to help you walk in that newness. Maybe you're struggling with that. We're going to open this area up for you to respond. If you feel God stirring in your heart, if you feel like God's doing any work in your heart, don't ignore that. I want you to, to, to talk. To, you can grab somebody around you. If you came with somebody, grab them. Uh, Cliff's going to be down here over on y'all's right and then Donnie will be over here on your left if you want to grab them and pray with them talk to them then then feel free to do that talk to God don't not talk to somebody don't ignore what God's doing in your life so I'm going to pray for us the band's going to come up and we're going to sing that song um, if, if God's moving your heart if Jesus is calling you don't don't ignore him and don't, don't miss up on the opportunity to have your life transformed by what he's done on the cross and what he wants to do through the rest of your life. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for your love for us that you would send your son to die on the cross so that sin would have no more power in our life. We would be able to walk in newness of life with you we would be changed. And we would have our lives changed by the God of the universe who loves us more than we can even imagine. So I pray, Father, specifically in this room, that if there's anybody here, if there's anybody here who, who doesn't know you and you're, you're working on their heart, that you would not let them be able to leave this place without talking to you, without talking to somebody we want this time right now specifically to be a responsive time where you work in all of our hearts. And we know you can do amazing things, and we ask that you would do that. So just do that now. 
challenge us, bring us to our knees in prayer if that's what needs to happen. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.